Welcome to the heartbeat. You know, I'm speaking from personal experience that sometimes we can take things way too serious. And I think that comes from fear, right? Of not being enough, not doing enough. Any trauma from childhood of I gotta be something that I'm not or whatever is going on. And we tend to take the stuff that's meant for fun way too serious. And when that happens, you know, you overload your nervous system, you for, you're just a wreck. That's where anxiety comes in. That's where depression can even come in. You either go all the way on or turn all the way off. Um, and I think there's a lot of freedom and peace and ease and grace with not taking everything so freaking seriously. And that's a lesson that I've been integrating in my life over the past few weeks, especially during this pandemic, um, really seeing how much I was striving and hustling and doing and all these things, um, as taking it way too serious when I believe we're supposed to have fun in this experience called life. And I was neglecting myself of that. So as I'm returning to that, I think that this podcast episode is divine timing, uh, having this conversation around whatever gets to be easy gets to be fun and taking the seriousness out of the serious things in life can really give you some fresh perspective so without further ado you're listening to the heartbeat and this is my conversation with karma whatever forever so what's on your heart to talk about today How good it feels to feel good. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, mean, so talk about it. You know, there's just been a lot of introspection and confusion and grief and all of this uncertainty around everything on top of whatever everyone was already processing every day. like for me and I know most of the people that you know we experience online or talk to or whatever we've gotten so afraid to even be ourselves and so isolated that we just like forgot to take care of ourselves or you know some people have gotten so inspired to do all of these things it's actually then all that self-care is coming from a place of scarcity instead of abundance and talk about talk about that yeah. A little bit more because that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I notice especially, you know, my Facebook news feed is so many coaches and healers and, <laughs> you know, yep. Yep. Burning Man community, spiritual community, retreats and whatever. So all of a sudden, day one shelter in place, every single person was an online coach, online yoga <laughs> coach. Yeah. The amount of blue Zoom boxes oh in my, my news feed, like crazy, right? Yeah. And and the amount of people doing Facebook lives, Instagram lives, all every day is showing their workouts, showing their dances, showing everything they're doing to inspire people. And that left also another component of my community feeling like, oh man, like now I feel like a failure as a coach because I'm not doing yeah. those things. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of people like shame almost for people. Like, yeah. I'm behind. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. We're a few months in now and yeah. it's not as present. Yeah, and, you know, I I had this chat with uh, a woman that, you know, kind of colleague of a past life of mine, and Mm. she made a post about it, and I commented, and I was like, listen, girl, like, 
If you already weren't doing that, don't start doing that. It's not going to last. It's coming out of this scarcity or this desperation or worried about rent or worried about your clients or your presence or how you're going to maintain this persona you created. Yeah. You know, and how how you're still going to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And if you've never done a Facebook Live, don't do them three times a day all of a sudden. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just crazy. Like, it's intention. Like, why? what's the intention for doing it yeah. in the first place? Yeah. You know, I, and another woman that I knew, like, I feel like posted 80,000 posts about the virus, about positivity, about health, about nutrients, about how to stay safe. You know, talking about how how perfectly she's been sheltering in place and then she got it. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that's crazy. Wild, yeah, you know? And yeah. all of those things are come they're coming from scarcity, they're coming from mm -hmm. the unknown. You know, mm -hmm. for me the first 2 weeks, you know, like I told you in private, I literally just gave up my apartment. I was embarking on a 3-month road trip the day shelter in place happened. Yeah. So I felt really grateful for the the vacant apartment that was lent to me mm -hmm. to feel safe, to feel like, okay, I'm not just like homeless and alone. <laughs> like I have somewhere to be safe. I have somewhere if I were to get sick to recover, whatever. Mm -hmm. That was really crucial for me for two weeks. And, you know, and I, and I had fabrics and I was like, I'm going to make a bunch of masks. And the masks could have only taken me three hours to make. And instead they took me 10 days because I just... I couldn't, I didn't have the inspiration to do that. Oh, uh, yeah. And part of me was hard on myself, mm -hmm. looking at them, staring, knowing like, oh, this is so dumb. I know how long it'll take me to finish them. I just don't want to go through the motions of pin, 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 so, 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 pin, and, pin, pin, so, know, so, so. so relatable to other things for so many people. Everything. Like, yeah. yeah. This routine, this, mm -hmm. this follow through. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, and the other part of me was like, no, that's okay. You want to just lay out on the deck and feel the sun on your face for three hours and not finish those masks for the next 10 minutes, you know? And, and all of the things. Like, so many people are inspired to be chefs and other people are just eating blocks of cheese and <laughs> whatever. I just think it's so important to just stay consistent with what already resonated for you for self-care mm. and not try to have all of these things that are justifying how you're filling your day and you're being so efficient. Like... We're grieving right now. Yeah. And it's completely unknown. Mm -hmm. And we have no, none of us know anything. None right. of us have any idea what's going on. Is it no. a conspiracy? Is it 5G? No, just kidding. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's not, but we don't actually know that. We don't know any of that. Yeah. We don't know. No. Are they declaring too many deaths or not enough deaths? I don't know. Right. All I know is I need to take care of myself. And I need to feel good on the days I'm really good about it. And I need to feel good on the days I'm really bad about it. Amen. And, you know, it was when I got inspiration and I was like, I'm leaving. I'm going on a road trip anyways. And I took a week to drive from San Francisco back to L.A. And sometimes I would get somewhere and I would be so excited to enjoy nature. And then I'd have a panic attack while I was there. Hmm. Because I don't know. I don't know. Because there was so much unknown. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's super okay. And I can it's feel, yeah, it's yeah, super normal, you know? I literally sat in a hot spring and had a panic attack and sat there. <laughs> and I was like, this is dumb. Like, what? No, yeah. and, and there's no thought, there's no spiraling thought. It's mm -hmm. just my nervous system. Mm -hmm. And just to sit with that and know it's okay. Right. And, and to feel good that I'm allowing it to happen. And that's such a huge part of my practice is teaching allowance. Mm -hmm. We observe and we respond. We observe and we respond. 
anything that somebody's doing to all of a sudden be this online guru coach with every fucking, you know, <laughs> magic potion elixir that somehow some way saves your life. No, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Just observe and respond. That is, you know, one of the most consistent modalities through any form of spiritualism, meditation, practice, martial art, anything that you're doing. So why not do that in the middle of a pandemic? Observe Mm -hmm. and respond. Don't react. That's how you ride the waves of life, right? That's actually how you stay present with yourself. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've just been really inviting that in and just enjoying the the victories and the supposed failures or mm. confusion or whatever. Which is so, like, old paradigm, yeah. right? Of, like, oh, I'm a failure because it took me this long to do this thing. Yeah. Or, like, because I'm not keeping up with the Joneses and doing mm-hmm. what all the other coaches are doing or because I'm still grieving this relationship or whatever anybody's thinking, right? Yeah. Like, and I think it's so it's interesting, too. You mentioned, like, stick to what you were doing before with self-care. Mm-hmm. I would even add some people were doing self-care as like an avoidance Mm -hmm. so what they were doing before may not work now because maybe their self-care quote-unquote was going to the bar and drinking with friends Mm -hmm. and now they can't do that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting like when we observe through whatever you know social media how much more connected we are now that those people that didn't really have that existence before yeah just going through the motions of yeah work till this time fitness class till that time bar at that time different bar has a different theme each night of the week that's your reality weekend warriors only going to places (laughs) for the photos whatever when that was stripped away and all these people are like oh my gosh they couldn't go on autopilot anymore yeah yeah and and the amount of people that are just like you know which is fun but just like dicking around bored in quarantine making tiktok videos (laughs) (laughs) cool that's that's all right but also, like, who do you want to be when this is all over? Mm-hmm. How do you want to emerge realizing how much time there is in a day? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're very aware now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and just, again, not having expectation or obligation, not trying to say, when this is all over, I'm going to this, 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 this. <laughs> but just having that mindfulness of, hey, things can be a bit different now. I can have my power outlets in different forms now. Yeah. I can choose the things that don't serve me, that I don't like, that I'm dreading going back into. If you're dreading going back into something when this is over, don't go back into it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, that's what you mentioned in the beginning was feeling good. Yeah. So, so like, using that as a, as a guidepost, really. Yeah. Of, yeah. like, do I feel better doing these things? And I think there might be a belief about, especially around work, that it's something oh it's just what you do Mm -hmm. well okay oh i just put myself last it's just what you do it's basically what you're saying yeah 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 Yeah, it's not about this like self-absorbed hedonism of only you know screw the rest of the world i'm just gonna do this because i like it but it's you know a fusion of like that far spectrum to like the you know mary kondo if this doesn't bring you joy throw it away finding that happy medium where i can still function in society and relationships and obligations that I have for Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. but just drawing these different boundaries implementing new communication skills you know in a conversation you don't like and going hey I'm actually noticing this isn't serving me and I don't want to talk about this anymore because I'm Mm -hmm. you know not enjoying this or 
asking for things you do want more of. Yeah. Because we're not conditioned to believe we can ask mm. for things we want. You Very know? true. I've had people ask me a lot of times in my life, how come you get everything you want? I'm like, because I ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask. When you go to rent a hotel room, ask for the corner room. Ask if there's an upgrade. Ask if there's a bathtub. Mm. Why not? Simple stuff like that. Simple. Yeah. Ask for the best table at the restaurant when you go. Yeah. You know, why not? It's so easy for us to do these little things that bring us joy, mm -hmm. that make us happy, that make things easier on us. Why not do it? Like, you think it comes down to worthiness? Like just yeah. inherent like belief that... 100%. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a conversation last week with my mother. I stayed at the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo. It's this like very expensive theme hotel. Okay. Yeah. It's like half off right now. Because <laughs> of everything. Yep. And I always, anytime I get a hotel, I get late checkout to the very latest they could ever check out because why not? <laughs> That's why I got a hotel to enjoy it. True. And, and she made this comment that it's hedonistic to, to do that. And that this is stemming from her deep unworthiness. Mm -hmm. My mother's the kind of person that will check out of the hotel at 9 a.m. and have like cleaned the room for the housekeeping <laughs> staff. <laughs> and yeah. that, that comes you know, from generational shifts and from where you grew up and True. how. Totally. But for her, it's like she's imposing on the hotel to stay there. It's like, I don't want to be a burden, so... Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I stopped her in that moment, and I was like, whoa, whoa, it is not hedonistic <laughs> of me to check out at noon or one when the checkout's noon and late checkout's one. <laughs> they give it to you for free. All you have to do is ask for it. Yeah, That's not yeah. hedonistic. That's me knowing I want to enjoy this big bed or this tub or the, like... The room I stayed in had a bidet with a heated seat on it. Oh, and like, my God. It was, like, next level. It was so yeah. amazing. Yeah. Why would I leave that if I didn't have to? Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I wish for everyone to have that opportunity to know that they can ask for what they want. Mm -hmm. And because they deserve it. Right. Not only having cake because it's your birthday, but giving yourself this opportunity to enjoy moments because you can because that's why you're alive mm -hmm. I thought you know you, you just hit on something that reminded me of, of like having a reason for mm -hmm. I think that we feel we need to have a reason for like again it comes to, down to worthiness but for asking what you want mm -hmm. and I think there's something even psychological about that I heard from somebody a while back that was like if you give somebody something and you say hey hold this to me because hold this for me because whatever and you say because the sky's blue or something really stupid yeah if it's just out of nowhere they'll be like oh, okay wait what yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you, because you said because and gave a reason yeah it's it's like oh that makes sense now yeah yeah, like, yeah. to your subconscious yeah it's super super weird paradigm that yeah. we live in that we think that we can't help each other or or get people to do things for us or do things for ourselves without having a reason mm -hmm. you know i remember a, like a an episode of friends where phoebe is trying to have a selfless act and they're like there's no such thing you know and <laughs> she's like i let the bee sting me and they're like but the bee died and she's like ah, I wasn't <laughs> anything, you know and it's kind of true but like why does it have to be that way yeah if i want to be a good samaritan 
maybe I want to do it because it makes me feel good. Maybe I want to do it for the Instagram photos. Maybe I want to do it because it's fueling my business and networking and whatever. That's fine. All those reasons are fine. And if I want to ask people for stuff all the time, it doesn't hurt to ask. The only thing somebody's going to say is no. But if people get used to hearing me say, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can I have this? Can I have that? They're like, oh, you're selfish. You're a brat. You're entitled. It's like, no, I 100% have the means to do this on my own and I can do this on my own. But it also seems like you're effortlessly doing it right now. So if that's okay for you to do that, then I can focus my energy on something else. Mm -hmm. And we both feel good. Mm -hmm. But I want it to be always this even exchange, knowing that when I'm asking for things from another human or from the universe or from the planet or whatever, that I'm doing it in this way of abundance. Mm -hmm. Not because I think I'm better than anyone, but because I know that I deserve it. And, And that... I is the universal I. We all deserve it. We all deserve to have everyone take care of our everything all the time. And that's a really hard one to integrate, I feel, for a lot of people. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, oh. I mean, I know unworthiness, but really, where does that... I mean, it's so much of it is just based around shame. And our society has taught us that we're inadequate. Mm-hmm. Magazines, media, politics, like everything has taught us that somebody else is better than us and because of that, we're inadequate. Mm. You know, and it's all this big illusion. You mm-hmm. know, I think when the, when our world shifted from that kind of like farming agriculture into business money, mentality and we started fixating success on finances finances everything changed Mm -hmm. and and we you know like you said keeping up with the joneses but it has unfortunately mutated to this like soul level of even just like what side we parted our hair on today (laughs) like it's wild how deeply ingrained this story is of inadequacy Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How perfectly, imperfectly human, trans-dimensional, intergalactic we are in every way. But we think because by some age we haven't achieved something, we're a failure. <laughs> Which, you know, is laughable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, when you put absolutely, it in perspective. Absolutely ridiculous. Time isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> Just live your life. Follow your own path and just be in these moments of celebrating your own victories as they come Mm -hmm. and and knowing that that's not linear Mm -hmm. you know yeah just reprogramming that like yeah we we hope we keep messing up less often but we're never going to stop messing up once you learn how to stop messing up that one thing it doesn't mean it's forever it just means until you forget (laughs) (laughs) until you mess it up again yeah yeah okay yeah and it doesn't mean you're a failure Mm -hmm. she's like whoops i forgot just being human yeah just riding the waves right totally right right. yeah i know for a lot of my uh listeners and, and most of my clients even we talk a lot about relationships and um one of the big things that i feel most of my clients struggle with and they're when they come see me in the beginning is is like really having a voice in a relationship and they're whether it's codependent or anything else they're putting themselves last mm-hmm. and they're always helping other people mm-hmm. how can somebody start to make that shift to where they do feel okay with no guilt or shame yeah. 
of doing something for themselves. Yeah. Because maybe, you know, their partner's been telling them, like, that they're not worth it or they're saying that in their head or whatever's going yeah. on, right? Like, they've got this really ingrained belief. Totally, yeah. And that just comes from those little negs that bring us down and, and change our story. And a lot of times our, our codependency is unconscious. Like, the, mm-hmm. the other partner doesn't know they're manipulating you. And you don't know you're being manipulated or, <laughs> right. or simultaneously in both yeah. directions, right? Yeah. And so until those things become apparent to us and, and we learn the root cause of those traumas, the best way to take that power back is, in my opinion, just very little by little. Mm-hmm. Learning how to just shift your style or your eating habits or your, your mm-hmm. normal day-to-day routine the slightest way mm-hmm. to rewire your brain to know that you're in control and that's Mm. literally like remind yourself to crack your window open so you can feel you know the undiluted sunshine on your face so you can feel the breeze Mm. taking that the couple extra block detour to get the ocean view on your way or that knowing oh hey what time was the sun setting today and driving to the top of a hill to watch it taking that extra five minutes to drive home literally those tiny little things that you do are going to change your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just moment by moment, taking your power back. Yeah. Because the more that you get used to doing that on the small scale, the more it's adaptable when those bigger, harder things come up. Yeah, for sure. That you can be like, hey, I'm actually not uncomfortable with, or I, I'm uncomfortable with what's happening right now. Or I wish something was happening differently. Mm-hmm. Like, we give ourselves these opportunities to create these new paradigms through that really, really minute conditioning of other things. Mm. That's, that's really good, especially like the little things and having, highlighting that. Yeah. What can people do when shame or guilt pops up around all of this? Mm-hmm. I actually got this question on an Instagram Live today. Yeah. Uh, where they feel guilty for, for feeling good or, or yeah. putting themselves first. Right? Yeah, huge, huge. Um, I think a big part of that is just starting by sitting with it. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, why do I feel bad about enjoying this? Was it a family member that shamed you when you were younger or mm-hmm. someone making fun of you in school? Whatever. If you can very quickly pinpoint back or you can piece together all the stories and images flashing through your mind of why people told you it was bad to do that. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself in that moment, is it? Why do I feel bad that I, whatever, and it could be, you know, something more surface level, like you just bought something really expensive for yourself and you don't know if you can afford it or not, but you want it. And it's like, well, if you're staring at that new gift you bought yourself for your apartment and shame arises in that you, you're not worth spending that much money on yourself or that thing doesn't fit in your apartment, you know, it's too nice. Now all the other stuff's crappy and mm-hmm. what, you know, whatever story it is you're creating, if you can get to that moment and just take a deep breath and, and a full body, full body breath and just tell yourself, I deserve it. I'm worthy, I'm safe, I'm loved. I can have this because I exist. It's my birthright to surround myself with things that bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we just 
have to just be kind with ourselves and be patient with that and know that you might have to tell yourself that a hundred thousand times before you believe it or you might believe it the first time wait a minute it was that easy (laughs) is that it It could be easy what who knows we you know we never know where we are on our path so Mm -hmm. the yeah when you notice those moments of shame arising one see if you can recognize whose voice in your head is telling you that and invite them to be quiet (laughs) and then to invite that story to change wait a big thing that you highlighted was like curiosity Mm -hmm. because i think the the first level is awareness of oh i'm feeling shame or guilt right now right and i think most people stop there of identifying it yeah and i think the next step really is getting curious about okay wait this Mm -hmm. is true where's this coming from yeah all those questions so that is i really love that you picked up on that because i for about 10 years have had this kind of credo that I think we have three steps to enlightenment Mm. and this is not just a three steps fits every single thing this is every (laughs) single part of your psyche has these three steps okay okay? Mm. step one is awareness Mm -hmm. and this is like you just said most people get stuck in this yeah we we go on our lives unconsciously and all of a sudden one day we realize we want more for ourselves Mm -hmm. but all we've ever done is all we've ever known. So we don't know how to become more. So then we're really hard on ourselves because we know we want this thing and we don't know how to achieve it. And that's where a lot of the self-loathing comes in in our society as a whole. You, you see yourself in this rut. You see yourself repeating the same toxic relationships. You see yourself do, you know, not getting fit enough or healthy enough or whatever that you know is, you're capable of. Mm-hmm. But you're stuck in your pattern. That's awareness. You're like, yeah, okay, that sucks. And it's really hard to move to step two, which is action. Mm. And then that's when we join the gym or go to the therapy or find the new community or pick up a new yeah. lifestyle or a new habit because we want to break out of that old construct. Mm-hmm. And most people, I think, bounce between stage one and stage two awareness action awareness action you do it for a while then you get into your old habit then you revert back then you're even harder on yourself because you got this taste of the life you wanted to live and we go back and forth between those and hopefully if you persevere and you're not too hard on yourself when you fall back into into the first stage because we're all gonna yeah then you hit stage three which is actualization which is where you've put in enough practice, enough mm-hmm. success and failure, where you don't have to think about it anymore. You just, you just do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's second nature. It's like those times where you're like, oh, what the heck? Did I drive here? Because I don't remember. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you want that autopilot for your own worthiness, uh-huh. for your own positive behaviors, and your own mindset. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's going to change for every single thing. You could get through those three steps and master them for talking to your parents, but then you're horrible with your boss and then you got to go through it with your boss yeah. or with eating healthy, but then still, you know, smoking cigarettes or right. whatever that thing is. And we just have to be patient with ourselves because most of us, most of the time are going to bounce between one and two, one and two, which creates that shame and that guilt and being so hard on ourselves that we're a failure. You're not a failure. A failure is the person that never tried. Mm-hmm. that just sat in it. You know? Oh, this is it. I'm aware of it, and this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even that's not a failure. Maybe that person doesn't have the strength to get through that. Maybe that person's been through it. We don't yeah, know, yeah. you know? But 
trying something and failing doesn't mean you're a loser. It means you pushed yourself farther than you were before you started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody get from specifically step one to two, right? How do they actually start to take that action? Because I think a lot of people are stuck in, oh, wait, I'm really aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that the information age and Instagram and, and a bunch of coaches, like putting information out there is really helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they're like, okay, well, what do I do? Yeah. Like, how do I, how do I break this? I mean, it's hard and it's going to be different for every single person. Yeah. Part of us, it has to be our own dedication and determination to get up, get out of bed and follow your routine and follow your structure. Mm -hmm. And another part of it is asking for support, whether that's your friends, family, community, or that's a coach or a therapist or a healer or a guide or whoever, or, and then hopefully a combination of all of that. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, brings another stem of shame and unworthiness that we don't think we can ask for help. Mm. We think you're, we think we're a failure for asking for help. That's another one. Huge. (laughs) A lot of people get stuck in. Yeah. Whether mental health or money or fitness or, or anything, you know, so breaking that barrier down that you're not inadequate for asking for help. You're actually empowered. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm spiraling. I want to do this, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I used to be like really into fitness and kickboxing and adult gymnastics and uh, parkour and whatever. And asking my kickboxing instructor, how do I get better at doing pull-ups? And any kind of, any coach and I tell me, oh, practice more. Shut up. That's not how it works. Like <laughs> I can only do five. Yeah. I don't know how to do more. And after he kind of, you know, joked around with my response a few times, he was like, okay, this is what actually you do. You start at the top of the bar in full engagement and then you stay engaged all the way down Mm -hmm. and you create this reverse muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Like that's a game changer. And then I can implement that in any other form of fitness. That's how you get Mm -hmm. better at push-ups. Start on your stomach with your nose on the ground and push all the way to up. And then take a break. Mm-hmm. Go to full relax. And then start at the top and push yourself all the way down. And when you get down, relax your body and mm-hmm. stay all the way down. That's how we get better at it. And that's the same thing with our mental health, with our right. self-care, with our love, with integrating into relationships. Mm-hmm. Knowing when it's time to stop and, and a, giving an opportunity for us to respond to what's been happening. That's a huge one. I think a lot of people are stuck in reaction. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we need to be in that place of receptivity and allowance. And that's what's such a huge part of my practice is inviting my clients to just fully surrender. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to be experienced. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to hear these words coming out of my mouth Mm -hmm. that are just, you're loved, you're safe, Mm -hmm. you're appreciated. Just allow it. That's it. Allow yourself to give permission that when your body's being touched you're telling your brain you deserve it you Mm -hmm. don't only get a massage when you hurt your back you get a massage when you need Mm -hmm. to feel another human touching you Mm -hmm. and and everything in between but every breath and every moment in that undulation as the oxygen's moving through your body or the pressure is you know building and rising through you you're telling yourself I'm worthy. I deserve this. I'm doing this for me Mm -hmm. just because. Mm -hmm. And then finding a way to correlate that to the music and the movies and the food and the laughter and Mm -hmm. everything that you're enjoying that's 
you know, you're experiencing some way in your life? One big one for me, I think this was the starting point because I was all about like, you can call it a little bit of martyr syndrome and also just uh, full on discipline and like grit, hustle, grind, like took out all pleasure for my life and it was just all about achieving Mm -hmm. and went through that for a really long time and um, kind of had a break with the gym where I was just like, fuck this, like I'm just going to feel good Mm -hmm. because I was so regimented with my routine and like what I ate and when I ate and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it really struck me when, like, a few people were like, what are you eating? Because it was just so bland. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. flavor anything. It was just like, yeah, chicken. Okay, you eat it. (laughs) And so a big thing for me that actually started this whole process of actually just appreciating and and fully going into the pleasure of things Mm -hmm. was with food. Yeah. Of, like, giving myself time to eat instead of just shoving food in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Or, like, actually sitting with the flavors. Yeah. And just being with my meal and being <laughs> instead of just just checking it off like a to-do list I feel yeah like I was doing before yeah I mean how many people's spice cabinets just salt pepper garlic <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with garlic I love garlic but yeah. you know when I became a chef and I would make something that to me I'm like whatever I just threw some things together and people are like what is that flavor I'm like <laughs> literally just like a bit of cumin with the salt pepper and garlic like (laughs) i didn't change it that much and and actually when when i was working in a kitchen the head chef would always come around and he would be like it needs more salt and it was really difficult for me working in a commercial kitchen where they're using like 10 times more salt than i would want and i would refuse to do it and he would always be like it needs more salt and i'll be like "Mm, not gonna put more salt in there and so then I'd put like 10 other different spices in it and he'd come back and he tasted it. He'd be like, see, I told you I needed more salt. And I'm like, yeah, didn't use that. We got way more taste buds than that. You know, mm. let's, let's give this full body experience to even just the quinoa that I'm making, you know, it, why not? Why not yeah. put that multi-sensory experience on your plate, on your soundtrack you know do all of the things that you can like you've got colored lights in here my apartment is filled with colored lights i don't overhead lights suck what are those i don't want them (laughs) it's like for cleaning only they don't belong you know and people come into my home and they're like what is this place like (laughs) what there's like rainbow lights and crystals and plants and you know all these different beautiful smells and like this place is like an oasis i'm like well yeah because it's where i live yeah (laughs) why do you have an apartment that is just sterile and like random stuff thrown together because you think you're supposed to fill a certain amount of square footage like right what's the point of that why are you paying for that intentional with it yeah Yeah. i want it to be my sanctuary Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, especially with, like, taking care of your space, too. Mm-hmm. Something I was talking about with a client the other day of, like, I'm kind of a neat freak, in case you can't tell. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything's just all, I have to have it cleaned, and I used to not be that way. Mm-hmm. But it just feels so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I respect my, my surroundings. I respect my space. And when I am cleaning up or when I'm, like, you know, moving things, getting rid of things, whatever it is, like actually just have more self-esteem and respect to myself. Yeah. Cause I'm doing it for me. Nobody else lives here. It's just me, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. And, and being patient with the other way of that too, you know, mm-hmm. 
I used to be an extreme, I'm still very, very clean, but yeah. I used to be extreme in organization and piling and lining things up <laughs> and whatever, which, you know, in my life as a healer and through mental health, I learned this is a coping mechanism for control, right? Mm, so if I didn't wow. feel control in my home or in my youth growing up, I did have control about putting everything from smallest to biggest or whatever it is. And in extreme cases, that's what leads to OCD or different types of neuroses. For some people, it just becomes, you know, oh, well, they just know me. Oh, I'm really, I'm really neat and organized. And when I realized that that thing that I always thought was a positive attribute was actually linked to a trauma response, wow. then I trained myself how to break it. Mm-hmm. And I literally started by just like throwing things. <laughs> like, the opposite. Yeah, just yeah, knock just it over. Trigger yourself. Yeah, just be oh, okay shit. with it and sit there until it's okay. And then like go clean it up after or whatever. You know? <laughs> but be, be okay right now. You know, my, my home, my space is never going to be filth dirty. Mm-hmm. But if it does become messy, that's okay. Right. I don't have to clean it to be in right, control. Right, right. It can be clean because I want it to, not because I think there's something wrong with me if it's not. Very true. Again, intention yeah. is a big one on that. Huge, yeah. huge. And that's a huge part of my work because what happens with a lot of people is something that is our character trait that made us really successful actually stems from trauma. Almost always. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at this, you know, very typical for, for one of my clients to like be a CEO, mm-hmm. very successful, running a huge company, man of the house, wife and three kids, sole provider support system. And first day meeting them five minutes in and all I say is, hey, what's up? What's alive for you today? And they just start crying. Yeah. And they're like, holy shit, because nobody's even just asked them recently, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. And they've been strong. Wow. They've been strong for, for 30 else. years for everybody else. Mm. And nobody has just been like, wow, that fucking sucks. That's a lot of energy you had to give to all those people. Yeah. Did anybody ask you what you wanted? Did I, do they even know your favorite flavor of ice cream? Were mm. you able to ever be vulnerable even with your spouse or your children? Mm. Or do you always have to be the provider? And, and that stemmed from maybe coming from a broken home. Maybe mm-hmm. mom was an addict and you were the, the sibling that started taking care of everybody. That's huge. Usually if there's multiple children, the youngest sibling becomes the one that wants to just smooth everything over. They don't like the fighting. So then they become the caretaker, mm. right? And then they become codependent on always wanting to pacify any situation by providing. Mm-hmm. Or the oldest child maybe had to learn the hard way by being the parent to their parents and to their siblings. Wow. So they're coming from this place of contraction and control, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so, 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 so common. Mm -hmm. And the thing to recognize is where you're at now in your life and how that became a success can remain a success and you can let go of the trauma that made it happen. That was a hard one for me to, to integrate. Yeah. Like for myself, because for me, it was kind of like you with you, the OCD and control of, of organization. Mm-hmm. For me, it was fitness. And yeah. like, I can control my schedule. I can control what I eat. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it's been a definitely been a journey in, in letting that go from a trauma response mm-hmm. to being like intentionally like, 
healthy. Yeah. In the way that I do it. Yeah. Again, going back to the beginning, I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the amount of people that go to the gym and work out because they, of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And then Huge. they actually don't get the results anyways. Yep. You know? You no, know it was crazy. Like, I actually got better results in the, in the gym or in fitness um, when I actually just said, you know what? I just want to feel better. Yeah. You just and then play. I actually looked better. Yeah, you just want to play. what I was going for. This is it. So crazy. Yeah. I, I used to be in this routine, and granted, I was younger and still drank and partied a lot, but I had a high-intensity, like, physically demanding job, and I spent hours at the gym, mm. and I ate a really restricted diet. I made, like, a scrambled egg wrap for dinner and had light snacks in the day and ate a salad for dinner. And, or the, sorry, the wrap for breakfast. Yeah. Yet, I was not fit. I was at my all-time heaviest, unfit hours at the gym. Hours That's working crazy. out. Scarcity diet. And and now, you know, since I've been 27 and I'm 33 now, mm. the kind of like joke through my world is that I'm forever 22. They're like, how old are you? Like, what? <laughs> how do you live this lifestyle? What are you even doing? I'm like, I'm just playing. I'm just having fun. Yeah. Now I can do a 30-minute workout a few times a week and maintain this like really good fitness and body awareness mm. that people are like, what do you do? What's your routine? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing really. I don't really work out. Because well, you're, you're present with your body. Yeah. I mean, it's not about a program and what you should be doing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah, literally just that mindset. Yeah. I'm not going to the gym because I think I'm fat mm-hmm. and that I need to fit some image or that I'm lesser than if, depending on what my pant size is. Mm-hmm. Now I work out because it, well, one, I have an injury, so it's like I need to maintain that. But two, because I like it. Yeah. I like the adrenaline. I like the sweating. I like being connected with my coach and other people that I'm working out with. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And then I have more energy to do other things and I have less chance of a flare-up of pain because all the other muscles are doing the work for those ones that are compromised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All boils down to intention. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I think in the kind of bringing it back to the beginning, like in this time with the pandemic, uh, prioritizing pleasure. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, somebody's down one day and let's say that all you want to do is eat popcorn and watch movies mm-hmm. in bed you know what I mean like allowing that even because mm-hmm. maybe that's the pleasure of in the yeah. moment and what you need yeah and I think that there's just a lot of shame around like oh I should be you know reading books and starting my business yeah, and yeah. learning a new skill and and on my fitness and all these things right? yeah because um, I've definitely had my days like that recently and as a recovering workaholic, I'm just I'm just sitting in that and going, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. And when I just make that shift mentally, like my whole nervous system regulates and relaxes, and I'm just uh, I'm fully in it. Yeah. When you give yourself that space. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. In again, that's literally the you know describing word for that is just allowance. Mm-hmm. I I remember once years ago. I had been traveling and traveling and I hadn't seen my dad in a really long time. And I was in it and I was in a shift because I was about to make a huge, big life decision. And I was kind of stopping for a moment at my dad's house to process it. And he came home and I was crying and it was just like full on crying. And he was shocked. He doesn't 
know what to do or how to deal with it or you know who made you cry I'm gonna go beat him up you know what's <laughs> happening and, yeah. and I just was like sometimes there's just a cry day and you just have to cry and that's okay mm-hmm. and it's the same in, in the other aspect that sometimes you're just so motivated and you do so many incredible <laughs> things you're like gung-ho gung-ho I, I don't know because yeah. today's the day that I had the mental clarity and the drive to just get all that done. Mm-hmm. And if tomorrow is neutral or tomorrow you have a drop from that or a distraction or whatever, that's all okay. Just allow yeah. it all to happen. Again, allowance isn't complacency. Mm-hmm. Allowance is trusting the process. Mm-hmm. Allowance is giving yourself opportunity to fully download everything that's happening and choose what you want to do about it. Complacency is one day you stay in bed all day and only eat popcorn, and then two weeks later you're still in bed and only eat popcorn. <laughs> and you're like, whatever, yeah. I don't care. It's life's meaningless. Blah. Don't yeah. do that. Don't get stuck in that. But <laughs> I think that's the fear, though, for people is they think that when they allow themselves to slack, that they'll fall into yeah. that. Yeah. Which it's, is just, I feel not trusting fully. Totally. Yeah. You know, I, I touched on my injury. So I had no accident. But just my back started hurting, started hurting, started hurting. Led to the worst MRI any doctors had ever seen. Turned into a four-hour spinal surgery. Turned into never recovered from that surgery. So I have extreme nerve damage, horrible pain, and and trial and error for the last Mm -hmm. four years. Completely inconclusive. Nothing's made it any better. (laughs) Things only make it worse. Every doctor's given up on me. Wow. So this leads to this tattoo. And because every single person that I would talk to, they're like, how are you still stoked? How are you still surfing and skateboarding and living your life and doing all these things? If I were you, I would be addicted to painkillers. How are you not? I never even took a painkiller. I took painkillers only the 72 hours after surgery. And then I knew, I felt the day that my body became resistant. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to double up on opiates three days in. So I just detoxed off of them and I went through my whole recovery completely sober. No, no nerve pills, no painkillers, no sleeping aid, nothing. I just was like, I'm going to be with it. I don't want to mask this. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept saying that all the time. Whatever, dude. It's (laughs) whatever, man. I got to keep if if, if sitting hurts and, and laying down hurts and walking hurts and everything hurts and surfing hurts. I'm still going to surf. Yeah. I'm still going to do these things. And the, for wow. years, the amount of people that are like, I would be so depressed. I would be curled up in a ball. I would have given up. I can't believe you keep moving forward. You know, the amount of times where I've faced failure. Literal, I can't tell you how many doctors have given up on me. Shit. Neurologists, neurosurgeons, physiotherapists, psychotherapists, wow. personal trainers, doctors, chiropractors, Chinese mm. medicine. Every single person I've seen... They try everything they know on earth and they're like, wow, you didn't respond at all. I don't want to keep taking your money. I'm going to refer you to somebody else that's a specialist. And then I go to see that specialist and they do the same thing. Oh my God. And I keep going and I go into every $40 Thai massage. Like today's going to be the day I'm going to be fixed. And I go into every $800 healer and I'm like, today's the day I'm going to be fixed. And I just keep that trusting process because, again, like the pandemic, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what was wired wrong in my brain that's still going hurt, 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 hurt. Right. I don't know what it is. We can't pinpoint it. Uh 
So I just need to keep believing. I need to keep moving forward. And I need to keep taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And every day you just adapt and overcome and adapt and overcome. And mm-hmm. what a stupid lesson. I wish I didn't have that <laughs> lesson. That sucks. I want, you know, I like yeah. surfing for eight hours a day, not two. I can only surf two hours, mm-hmm. but, you know, but just keep moving forward and keep trusting and mm-hmm. keep giving yourself this opportunity to not give up because like whatever forever (laughs) life goes on man I can't let that define me and I can't let it stop me and that is a hundred percent correlated to your fear and your shame and your emotion and your story you cannot let your story of what's happened to you stop you from living the life that you want to create yeah we're going to end on that note. Cool. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. And yeah, just to echo it, like, I think that the choice you said that you had right now and that you're choosing consciously all the time is, well, it hurts all the time, so I might as well enjoy my life. Yeah. Right? And you're choosing enjoyment and fulfillment. Yeah. Even, even while you're in your process. And I think a lot of people wait till they're out of their process mm-hmm. or the pain's gone and then I'll be... Yeah free or I'll find the right relationship and then I'll feel all those stories if when ifs woulds shoulds coulds those are the things I tell people you gotta just let go of those (laughs) be here man yeah this has been an awesome conversation seriously thank you Uh, for everybody tuning in where can they listen into more about you and what you're doing and your work um you can't you have to find me yeah she's she's rogue that's it yeah (laughs) word of mouth I'm the underground you so this is it yeah, they can come to you. All right. They can come to you and ask for the hookup, and we can do some transformational magic. Perfect. We all heard it here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Great podcast. Share with a friend. Tell your mama, as always, put some heart into everything that you do today. <laughs>